0: I'm Victoria and I'm Jo and we're Catholic wedding professionals who love working with brides on this journey toward marriage. As married women ourselves we totally remember all that goes into preparing for the wedding day all the stresses and obstacles and we are here to help you through it all so that you can prepare for the wedding day and marriage with ease. Welcome Welcome to the Catholic Catholic Wedding Podcast. Podcast. All right, welcome everybody to today's episode of the Catholic Wedding Podcast. I am here with my new internet friend. Actually, I hope we like stay internet friends after this because we just discussed some very nerdy things and are very much on the same page with our level of nerdiness, which I appreciate. But I'm joined today by my friend, Sammy. Say hello, Sammy. Hi. I'm a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Which means you're in good company. We're all nerds here. Hashtag Alice in Wonderland. I don't know why I said hashtag like that. Like I think I'm cool or something. Anyway. You're cool. Thank you. I'm glad somebody (laughs) thinks so. (laughs) Today we are going to be talking about how to get the best photos out of your Catholic wedding day. So Sammy is here with Samantha Coyle Photography. And she's going to be walking us through how to get the best photos out of your Catholic wedding day. So we're going to hear all of the things from her. But first, Sammy, can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, introduce your company, who you are,
1: where you're from, all the things. All the things. Well, thank you guys for having me. Um, it's super awesome to be here. I'm really excited. Um, as far as who I am, my name's Sammy Coyle. Uh, like you said, Samantha Coyle Photography. I specialize in weddings and uh, high school seniors. Um I am 32. I am a wife and a mom to a beautiful little almost two-year-old girl and I've been doing photography um, officially since 2017, unofficially since college, but we'll talk about that more in a little bit if you want to. Um, But I also am a kind I call it kind of a Catholic bride I was married in a Catholic church but it was before I was confirmed so I had like the short mass without communion versus the long mass with communion so and I have experience in both both as a bride side and as a photographer side so new unique perspective today yeah that's awesome
0: I love that because I think it's really important for couples to hear from all different sides of it because every couple comes from a different place right Mm -hmm. I we just did a po- podcast recently where the bride or her husband was Christian and she's Catholic. So there are like people at different points in their faith life, and I think it's really important that we talk about that because every couple is different, right? So I think it's important that that we hear about that. so that's awesome. So where where are you based out of?
1: Um, so I'm based in uh, Northeast Ohio, so the Cleveland area. And that being said, I have traveled back home to where I grew up in Southeast Michigan. So I've done weddings everywhere from South Bend, Indiana, all the way over to Pittsburgh and as far north as Detroit and as far south as Cincinnati. So I've, I've got a little bit of a coverage area that I will go to or more if you pay me for travel. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so you're like a lot in the midwest and then and then more if you if you do travel weddings Mm -hmm. so can you share a little bit more about your business i know you mentioned you unofficially started when you were in college can you just tell us how you got into this this photography
1: world Absolutely. So um, I've had a camera in my hand as long as I can remember. Um, I never went to summer camp or a trip to Florida or anywhere without like at least two disposable cameras. Because like I said, I am 32. I'm a millennial and we didn't have cell phones or cameras that we carried around (laughs) in our pockets back then. (laughs) Dating myself a little bit, but um, I got my first uh, DSLR. Shout out to the Canon Rebel XS. I oh, yeah, girl, Canon Woo. Rebel T6. Whoop, whoop. Woo. Um, so I started taking photography classes as part of my graphic design degree at college and um, hated my professor, didn't learn anything about photography from them. But I did love the photos that I was creating and the fun that I was having with my friends while we were making photos. Um, so uh, I got married in 2016 and quit my corporate job picked up my life my f- left all my family and friends moved to Ohio where i had no family no friends no connections no relations to anybody and said this is a great time to start a photography business so with the little <laughs> bit of money i had i founded my business in 2017 and now i am here that's awesome so
0: i i admire and i commend your bravery on just picking up and moving and starting over i think that it- that's really brave and really beautiful
1: it was not the best way to start a business. If I were writing a book on how to start a business, that would be a lot of what not to do's, but it, <laughs> it, it worked out in the end. And I've learned a lot over the years and, you know, 2020 threw all of us through a loop. So, right. And now I'm here and I'm actually, you know, semi successful ish. I'm, I'm a successful photographer. I'll be confident in myself today. Um, yeah, girl, but, be confident.
0: You yeah. are where you are. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you've had a lot of experience and a lot of work and a lot of transition and a lot of time to learn. So yes, absolutely. This is something that I always say to, I think, vendors, and I think it's really important for couples to know as well. When you book a photographer, a videographer, a venue, whatever, you're booking a better version of them because mm-hmm. they will have another, you know, couples are usually booking six months to a year to sometimes
1: a year and a half out. You're always booking a better version of that vendor. That is amazing. And I'm going to start using that. I love yeah. that. I love that so much.
0: Yeah. I heard it from somebody else first. I can't take full credit. Mm-hmm. I heard it from my friend Angelica, who is also a photographer. <laughs> but she and I, she said that to me and I took it so to heart. Like, you're absolutely right. They're booking a better version because there's so much time between when they book you and when mm-hmm. their wedding is for you to – really hone your craft. So I think that that's beautiful.
1: And if they love you now, they're going to love you even more six, nine, 12 months from now.
0: Exactly. 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 So this may seem like a really obvious or redundant topic, but I think it is really important to talk about why is it important to get the best photographs from a Catholic wedding?
1: Um, So I'm going to get a little bit mushy about my answer with this one. Um, it's okay. I love the mush. I love the emotion. I'm a wedding photographer. One, because I like to create beautiful photos, but two, because I am a hopeless romantic and I will cry at every single wedding I go to. I was at a wedding on Saturday and I cried like three times and it was beautiful, (laughs) Um, mostly because it was an outdoor wedding in December in Northeast Ohio and I was cold, but, you know, there was also some cute, mushy, emotional moments. Um, But uh, why is it important to get great photos? Um, I... Things I love about weddings is capturing those like moments, those like special occasions in people's lives and not just like to take a photo and make it look good. But that is, I've heard someone say a photo is a passport to a memory Mm. and it takes you back to that moment and what you felt and how you, how you were feeling, what emotions you were experiencing, what was happening around you, what music you heard, what smells you were experiencing, all those things. And at the end of the day, the DJ is going to pack up and go home and they're not going to be playing music anymore. And your caterer is going to pack up and throw out your food and the cake's going to be gone unless you're one of those people who saves it for their anniversary. But eventually all those things are beginning going to be gone. And the only thing that's going to be left is those images. And if you have a videographer, the video at the end of the day. So I think it's important, especially in like a faith-based wedding that you have something that transports you back and reminds you why you made the decision to marry the person that you married and why you decided to have it grounded in faith, especially if faith is important to you as a couple, um, that you have those images that show you in this moment, I was feeling so close to God. I was feeling so close to my partner. So in 30 days or 30 months or 30 years from now, when you're having those really hard times in your marriage, you can go back to those feelings and remember why you grounded your marriage in faith and you grounded your marriage in each other. I love that.
0: Mushy. Mic drop. That's it. That's that's the episode, folks. No, I'm just kidding. Have a great day, everybody. (laughs) So, when it comes to Catholic weddings, because it sounds like you shoot secular weddings as well. I do. Yes. Right. Okay. So, so do I. And a lot of times we go to these secular venues and there's kind of no rules. Like, you can go wherever you want, you can stand wherever you want, you can kind of do, you have more, I think, free reign with it, which is sometimes very freeing and other times I'm like I feel really disrespectful standing right here because I'm literally in the middle of the action and everybody's looking at me and this is uncomfortable. Same. But when it comes to shooting yeah right like, <laughs> when it comes to shooting the catholic weddings there's oftentimes a little bit more structure and a little bit more rules and regulations if you will. So what are some things that that we as photographers and videographers can ask of the priest or the church coordinator to get the best pictures? during the mass part of a wedding day?
1: Um, Well, so I did a little extra homework preparing for talking to you today. And um, I actually went and talked to the priest at our home parish. Uh, Shout out to Father Terry at St. Noel in Willoughby Hills, Ohio. You're awesome. Um, He's great. (laughs) He's a super fun guy. But I talked to him and I said, you know, what's something that photographers do when they come in for a wedding that you love? And what are some things that you're like, I'd like to kick you out of my church right now, but that would not be the godly thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and he said it comes down to, like, make sure your photographer treats me like a person. Like, if you're going to go to someone's house and you're going to interact with their space, you wouldn't, like, kick down the door of their bedroom and start going through their drawers, right? You wouldn't, right. you know, go invade their private spaces or, like, go through their medicine cabinet unless you're super nosy. But... um He's like, that's the same thing. This is, he's like, this is God's house, but it's also my house as the priest. So try to be respectful of space, you know, come in, introduce yourself, um, make, put a face to a name, treat me like a human, treat me like you're visiting your friend's home and be respectful. And, you know, if I ask you to do things or not do things, please actually do that. So that's what he said. So talking to them and finding out what those rules are, but also talk to them and treat them like another human because they are just another human living in this crazy world that We all live in, right? Right. I think that's huge. Mm I I like
0: the I like the way he put it. Like treat it as if you're coming into a house, into a space where you know you're coming into somebody else's home. And oftentimes, if you're coming into a church that's not your home parish, you've probably never been there before, so you don't know Mm -hmm. what the layout is. You don't know where the sacristy is, or where the adoration chapel is, or where anything is. So just being respectful of the doors and of the spaces, something that I I really try to do is I will call the church before I go just to say hi this is who I am this is what I'm doing mm-hmm. and ask them those those same questions you know
1: yeah where can um, where can I stand where can I go um, and all that jazz <laughs> and,
0: all, and all that jazz yeah and all that jazz <laughs> Let's
1: turn into are musical you a musical episode. fan too oh my gosh yes are we the same person? We might be. We, did we just become best friends? Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how we feel. <laughs> Love that's this. Hilarious. But yes. um, as far as like just outside past just talking to the priest, um, different things that like if I have a couple that's getting married in any church, in any faith, I'll have them ask, you know, their officiant or their presider, whoever it is, you know, where can I go and where can I not go? Because a lot of places will have, like, oh, by the way, you can, if you go up the stairs over here, you can get to the balcony and get some really cool overhead shots. So, like, knowing where those places are. Um, I had one wedding, um, I think it was last year, where the way the church was built, they had, like, the raised altar area. And then in, like, a U shape all the way around it was where their sacristy was. And they had doors on either side so you could come onto the altar from either side. And And the priest was was a like amateur photographer like he'd go out in like the nature areas around northeast ohio like the metro parks and stuff and he would take photos and so he appreciated us enough to like give us this hint that like hey if you crack the door open you can get a cool photo from like across the altar table of the couple's faces as they're facing the altar as long as yeah. you don't cross the threshold onto the actual altar space you're welcome to do that so we got some really beautiful shots of that angle that you normally don't get um, at a Catholic mass so that was really cool um so places you can go as well as places you can't go is a good question to ask um and then another one i like to know is how long do we have the space before and after the mass um yeah like if, that's huge mm-hmm, like if the wedding is gonna end at like you have a noon wedding that ends at like one o'clock ish and then they're gonna start doing like Confession at 130. I don't want to be having the couple be like, okay, the couple kiss and everybody cheer when someone's like confessing to a priest on the other side of a door in the same room. Could
0: you imagine? What if they're like, and I absolve you of your sins?
1: Yay! <laughs> <laughs> that would be really funny. Although I did have a wedding this year, it was on the rooftop in downtown Cleveland and the uh Cleveland Guardians the baseball team had just won a playoff game and so they launched fireworks as they were starting the processional on this rooftop wedding so I have had something like that happen it okay, was but really that's cool. like kind of an
0: awesome thing that's good timing yeah,
1: it was really cool um and then another thing I like to have couples talk about is uh having them like physically walk through the space even if it's before their actual rehearsal day um because things that you don't think about on your day-to-day life is things like where the seats are gonna be where the couple sits during the mass. Because mm. I've I've had some yeah. where, where they have it set like at like a 45 degree angle at the corner pointed towards the altar table. I've had one, um I know at our home parish they set it like on the like on the main ground area, not on the altar space, but they put the two chairs right in front of the baptism fountain and it's supposed to be a symbolic thing of like the procession of all of your sacraments. So you start from the baptism and you have your confirmation and stuff and you make your way to the altar table for your marriage. So I think that's really cool. Um, The one that I don't like, and if your parish does this, I would ask you to talk to them would be two chairs at the end of the aisle facing the altar. So the back of your heads are there because nine times out of 10, they will have you stand in front of those chairs. So, all of your vows, all of your ring photos, all of the photos of you two doing anything, including your first kiss, is going to have two chairs. So I'm either going to cut it at your waist so those chairs aren't there, or you're going to have or two chairs. chairs. Yeah. Yes. So I also that's, that yeah. one drives me nuts.
0: Yeah, I think it's... I've seen that most often in parishes and I always get excited when I see the chairs somewhere else or that the couple is sitting somewhere else for a couple of reasons, like you said, because the chairs are always in the way, but also some places you can't get to the side to see their face. Mm -hmm. So if they're in the center of the aisle facing the altar, which is where their attention should be, right? Like their attention should be on the altar and what's happening in the liturgy, but then as the photographer and the, or the videographer, we can't see their faces at all. Like the most that they're going to get is photos of their side profile, but it's almost never of the two of them together because if you're shooting from the side, one of you is going to be in front of the other person. Uh-huh. So the best photos that you can get of a couple during the liturgy is if you are sitting like off to the side somewhere or somewhere that's not in the middle facing forward. So I love that you mentioned that. and And maybe
1: asking the pastor that as you're planning is really important too. So another tip, speaking of the chairs that we were talking about earlier, um, and this is something that I didn't think about even as a bride, and now I warn couples, especially if I get to come to their rehearsal, think about how long your dress is and how you're going to move around the church. Mm. Because a lot, of couple, a lot of brides don't think about the fact that, you know, when you're wearing a big dress with a long train and a long veil, because, you know. Most of these Catholic brides that I know have the cathedral length veils that blow and make beautiful images, but, right. um, you're not used to like, you can't just walk straight to a chair, turn 180 degrees and sit down. Cause then you're twisted up in your dress. So when you go to stand up to do the next part of the mass, you're going to fall on your face in front of all your family and friends. So Ooh. the, yeah, not, not ideal, not a great photo. Um, right. So <laughs> what, what the church that, um, we got married at, um, up in Michigan, the, Uh, staff at the church said okay so what you're gonna do is you two are gonna hold hands and he's gonna stop at his chair and kind of like direct you around like kind of like you're showing somebody off in like a dancing kind of thing and like let you walk all the way around the chair so your dress goes behind the chairs and then sit down to the side so that way when you stand up you can walk unobstructed so things like that that don't don't you don't think about until you're in that situation. It's so like when my friend got married, she had a full Catholic mass and she she did that. I'm like, OK, now think about your dress because I've seen your dress and you're going to fall on your face if you do what you just did. So that's
0: brilliant, though. So there is some level of choreography to the day to make sure that you are planning accordingly for how uh-huh. you need to sit and stuff.
1: Plus, it makes a great photo when your dress is kind of like spread out around the chair and yeah. it looks really pretty and you can it see just like lays nicer. the details. Yeah. Yeah. And then like when you're going to do any other parts of the mass where you're walking up and back and forth from the altar, like, you know, having your maid of honor or somebody helping you to like situate it so it looks nice in the rest of photos or even walking over to Mary to do like a flower or something like that, whatever you're going to do, think about all the stuff you're going to be wearing and all the things you're going to be doing as you move around the space
0: what are some things that you can prepare? Like, what are some things that couples can prepare for their photographers and videographers to kind of prep them to be able to get the best pictures and the best video of their wedding mass itself?
1: Uh, So one of the things, and I know you talked about this in a previous episode that I just listened to in the car about um, having a non-catholic photographer watch a video of a mass or even attend a mass or you know online stream whatever it is just so they're familiar with like you know first we do these readings and then we do this song and then we do these readings and then people stand up and sit down at these points getting kind of familiar with it um so that's always good if they're not familiar with the mass um another one would be to let your photographer know where the things are which would be like Obviously, there's the stuff that every wedding has, like the details, like the shoes and the rings and veil and the invitations, all that stuff. But also, as far as a Catholic mass goes, like where is the chalice and the host, like the dish of the host, going to be before your mass? Because I always love to get a photo of that, just like because it's always put in a beautiful spot on a little pedestal with like a stained glass window in the background. Those are like some of my favorite shots from Catholic weddings sometimes. So. Letting me know where those things are going to be. where Or if you're doing a unity candle, you know, don't have it shoved in a shoebox until like two seconds before the ceremony. Because I can get photos of those things for you if right. you tell me where they are. Um, Another thing you could uh, talk to your photographer about. um, And this is something that, like, I've talked to other Catholic photographers and I've heard that it's kind of divided on whether or not you should do this. But I personally, like, feel like I'm participating in the mass. So I like to receive communion if the couple is okay with it. Um, some people oh, have yeah. yeah some people have that like grumpy aunt that's like your photographer was receiving communion and not taking pictures during your thing and blah 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 you know getting mad for gosh knows what reason which you know family members How can do you that get mad at somebody for wanting to receive jesus right that's all i have to say <laughs> it's usually a non-catholic guest that's just like what is your photographer doing I'm like they're receiving jesus Back off, what, Aunt Sally. what gets what gets me
0: too for that is because I'm on I'm on the the camp of yes I will receive mm-hmm. communion because to mm-hmm. me I see what I do as a business yes but it's also a ministry and I am participating in the mass because I am paying attention to what's happening and everything so I I do like to receive and I always receive at the end but at the same time I'm not going to take a picture of every single person receiving communion because. No. Uh, I will take a picture or or in a video of the couple receiving communion because that is really important and maybe some parents or maybe some grandparents or something, but once the family and the bridal party has gone. I'm not going to take a picture of everybody receiving communion because also those pictures are not always flattering because it's just of somebody having their mouth wide open and their tongue out. Like
1: (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants a picture of that. (laughs) No. Although I did get complimented by a, um, a groomsman one time because I had like, knelt down and kind of like scooted myself behind the couple to get a photo from like behind their heads of the priest as they were holding up um, the Eucharist. Oh, like during consecration. Yeah, and I had like slid on my knees and I like did a sign of the cross while I was holding up my camera. And he's like, "That is so cool! I didn't know you could do that many things at once." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's I've had, it's so I, autopilot at this point that exactly.
0: and and it's funny because when I'm editing ceremony films." I, well, I hear myself on the camera audio, like repeating back, you know, like thanks be to God or whatever, whatever, like the, the mass parts during the liturgy of the Eucharist, like I can hear myself singing them. And I'm always like, I have to remember like, you know, thank goodness that I don't use the camera audio uh, oh, no. all the time, uh, for like the, the ceremony films, but I do get a good chuckle when I'm like, oh gosh, I can hear myself <laughs> singing in the mass.
1: <laughs> Uh speaking of receiving community I do have a quick funny story if you'd like to hear it. Yes. Always. Okay. So I was in a church and they did a full mass and it was one of those churches um where the whole center aisle was the same length of pews except for that first one that's like a little shorter kind of indented at mm-hmm. the front. And I had gone to the back of the line after I got all the photos, received communion, and then I knew that they were going to go right into their first kiss photo, and I wanted to make sure I was ready for that. So I had knelt down in that little space in front of, like, the mother. I think it was the mother of the bride. And I was looking down at my camera and, like, adjusting some settings and, like, checking my focus and getting ready for the shot. And I got the photo. They processed out. And... Ceremony ended. And then the priest came up to me and pulled me aside and said, I have never had a photographer so reverent of the Eucharist after receiving it during a wedding because he saw me kneel down and look down <laughs> at my camera. And he thought that I was like praying or something. And I'm like, yes, father, that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> so that's too funny. I, it's a little funny thing. And, you know, a lot of people other photographers I've talked to, especially secular photographers, um, well, or non-Catholic photographers are like, Catholic priests are so scary. Catholic priests hate me. I'm like, Catholic priests love me. They think I'm awesome. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, (laughs) I think it adds
0: an extra layer of, of familiarity when you can say like, hi, father, nice to meet you. I'm Mm so-and-so. I'm a practicing Catholic. I understand the mass. And then I think right out of the gate, it kind of disarms them like, oh, I don't have to worry about this photographer being irreverent or being disrespectful or being where they shouldn't be because that 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 does sometimes happen and I've heard I worked for the church for many years and I did hear horror stories of photographers who were using flash the whole ceremony and no 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 unfortunately no, no. some camera shutters are so loud and I've heard stories of a pastor that I worked for once actually asked the photographer like stopped the homily looked at the photographer and said, can you please sit down and stop taking pictures? Because they were being so disrespectful, which is, as a vendor, I would be like mortified and embarrassed and like would want to die. Um, (laughs) So, you know, all that to say, I think priests experience, have bad experiences with photographers and videographers. And that's why photographers and videographers sometimes have bad experiences with priests because there's like, a fear on both sides that there's
1: not, they're not going to mesh
0: well, I guess.
1: So one more thing I could say to prepare for your photographer, and this is not so much prepare to give to your photographer, but prepare to give your photographer the best experience is for the love of all that is holy, please have an unplugged wedding ceremony. Amen. I love it when couples choose to do that. I highly suggested in my contract i highly suggested at every consultation we have so my couples know my passion about unplugged weddings um it'll it'll make your photographer's job easier and our goal is to have beautiful images and one of the things that can ruin a photo of a, a photo of your first kiss is 14 cell phones up the aisle yep. or an ipad which i yep. have seen or cameras like one of my favorite memories of our wedding day and like I have a lot of like highlight reel memories but one of my favorite ones is walking down the aisle and seeing faces of people and
0: not their phones in front of their face yeah not
1: a cell phone not a camera lens not a towel I saw faces I can tell you names of each person that I saw as I walked down the aisle because I saw their face and I was crying and it was adorable but yeah but um I think sometimes
0: it's, it's hard to do because like, even if you do make an announcement or say something, I think sometimes it's challenging because aunt or uncle, whoever want to have those photos and videos. But at the same time, it's like you've hired quality vendors to capture those memories in real time. And they're going to have the best angle, the best photo, the best everything because they're professionals and they know what they're doing. So, but I do think it is so helpful for couples to prepare their guests and have a sign or even say something or to even have the priest say something Mm -hmm. before the procession will start so that the guests know like, Hey, this wedding is in the context of a mass. Uh, That being said,
1: like, let's put our cell phones away. Um, Be respectful of the space. And like, if I were, if there's any people who are attending a wedding, whether it be Catholic or not, that are listening to this episode right now, The reason that you're at that wedding is not to take photos. They have hired lovely professionals like ourselves to do that for you. You are there because these two people are celebrating a big moment in their life. And they were thinking, who do I want there more than anybody else in the world? And you made that list. So the least you can do is respect the space that you're in. Respect the couple's wishes and just be present in the moment. Like it's this is a big deal. It's a wedding. Yeah. And enjoy their wedding moment. Exactly. So that's, that's like my passion comes from is like you were of the billions of people in the world. You get to be here. You get to experience this moment. So pay attention. I love that mindset about that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm going to use that. I might take that. Yes. (laughs) And like, and like you were saying the best I've seen like the most successful unplugged weddings. And yes, I have seen people still take pictures even after there's an announcement and a sign and it's in the program and all that jazz. But the best I've seen is the priest announcing it right before the processional starts. Because like we were talking about earlier, this is the priest's domain. This is their home. This is their space. And when it comes from like the position of power, nine times out of 10 people are more respectful of that. So having the priest say, hey, welcome to my church. And this is God's space. Let's be respectful of it, everybody. Of course, yeah. they say it more tactfully than I just did, but I'm pretty fired yeah. up. And I will TED Talk for days on Unplugged Weddings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are what are some things that f- couples can do to help prepare their families and their friends to get the best experience out of mass? Like saying things like have an unplugged ceremony. But I, I'm sure there's like a myriad of other things that we could recommend to couples to to prep their family and friends best.
1: So Um, what would be some
0: things that you would recommend?
1: I would recommend um, if they're not familiar with the mass, just to, you know, give them a heads up or even have a program written out that's like, this is when you stand up. This is when you say X, Y, and Z. So they kind of, they don't feel like a fish out of water when they're in the church. And like, it's already uncomfortable if you're in a church and you're not used to going to church and then not knowing what to say and being the last person to stand up or sit down or kneel. So like having some sort of either prep for them or just material like a program or something that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable because you know if they are uncomfortable they're going to be making like awkward faces in the background so if I get a photo of your mom and your aunt is like awkwardly looking around like not not sure what they're doing in the background you're going to notice stuff (laughs) like that Um, I actually have a funny story about that which is
0: kind of tangential because I'm I'm a cradle catholic so both of my parents are catholic and there's A couple of photos that I absolutely adore for my wedding day and we we did actually have like the two chairs and the kneelers and stuff but our best man and one of the groomsmen moved them out of the way every time we got up out of them anyway there's a couple where pictures where we're on the kneelers kneeling and we're looking at each other smiling and we're all sweet and there's pictures of like my mom or my dad like looking at us but it's caught at like the most uncomfortable moment so they just look like they're giving us like a side eye or they're making a weird face or my grandpa's yawning or whatever (laughs) just so funny so funny I mean like I said tangential to everything that you were just saying because yes it Mm -hmm. it would yeah they would make for uncomfy photos if it was somebody like I don't know what I'm doing but yeah sometimes funny goofy photos still happen
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. so yeah anything we can do to make our guests comfortable like just to help them celebrate the day and then Uh, On the photography standpoint, whoever you're having for those family photos in the church after the service or after the ceremony, tell them so that I'm not chasing your uncle so-and-so halfway across the parking lot because they're on the way to the reception already. Mm, Because I have had to do that where we're like, hey, where's Uncle Steve? Oh, he's in the car. Let's go get him. Or grandpa's halfway to the reception already. Like, So tell those... (laughs) Tell those people ahead of time, A, it'll help your timeline stay on track, which, you know, it's a wedding day, and if it's not running 15 minutes behind, some miracle has happened. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, letting those people know, tell them ahead of time that, hey, you're going to be in family photos. Don't leave so that we can get them done quickly. Yeah. Good thing for to do. Sure, for sure.
0: Sammy, all of these have been so great, such good advice. So many, I like, think tangible, relatable, attainable things
1: for couples.
0: Something that we ask every guest that comes onto the podcast is what is one piece of advice that you would give to a newly engaged couple?
1: Um, So I'm going to uh, undermine all of our businesses and say something a little controversial that is um, none of the stuff matters planning your wedding day. Your photographer can crash their car and never make it to your ceremony. Your dress can get shredded. Your groomsmen and bridesmaids could not show up you could have po- no power at the church everything could go wrong that day your flowers could wilt the thing that matters is the priest is there and the two of you are there and in some yep. states in some places you need like a witness or two but you know anybody yeah. off the street could be a witness right the thing that you should invest your time and your energy and if you're going to stress about something during wedding planning which i would advocate for not stressing and you know having a glass of wine or massage but if you're going to stress about something stress on preparing for your marriage not for your wedding day yeah. because there are so many things and i'm not speaking from a wealth of experience i've been married for five and a half ish years so but like there are things that you are going to struggle with in your wedding. If you keep it grounded in your faith, if you keep it focused on the two of you being successful in your marriage, like my husband and I have always said, like, we are in this to make it work, come hell or high water, focus on preparing for that. Have the hard conversations, have the conversations about money, have the conversations about kids, have the conversations about all the things so that when you hit the ground running, you're setting yourself up for success. And I'm not saying you're going to have an easy time. Marriage is hard. Adjusting is hard. But set yeah. yourself up for success. If you're going to invest time and money and energy in something, do it for the 40, 50, 60 years you're going to be married and not for the 24 hours you're going to have a wedding day. That's what I say.
0: Yep. Amen, sister. <laughs> Amen. That's so funny that you say that because I I said that all the time when my husband and I were planning our wedding. Mm-hmm. We would say to each other, like, Yep. The most imp- when we would start to get stressed out, we would say, well, you know, the most important part is you mean and the Lord. So everything else is gravy. Mm-hmm. And, and really that-, that was our mindset for the whole planning process.
1: And if you have that mindset, too, it actually makes your wedding day more enjoyable because like you let the little things roll off your shoulders and you're like, oh, yeah. no, my man of I had a man of honor at my wedding because my best friend is a guy. So I had a man of honor. My man of honor left my veil at the hotel. True story kyle (laughs) (laughs) so he had to run back to the hotel and get my veil while i was doing my hair and makeup so like things like that could happen but i was like whatever it's not a big deal i still get to marry my best friend today
0: yeah and we get to
1: live a life together so what if the veil got left at the hotel and he had to run back and beg the front desk for a key card and break into my mom's room and get it yeah whatever things happen you get to you get to live the rest of your life with somebody awesome. So. That's yeah, the great stuff. And that is what's what's most important.
0: So, Sammy, where can people find you? Where can they look at your work? Where can they hire you if they've listened to this podcast and they were like, yo, this is my girl. I want her there. I want to hang out with her for eight hours on a wedding day, on my wedding day. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, So they can find me um, at my website, which is my first initial last name, um, scoilphoto.com. That's S-C-O-Y-L-E photo, P-H-O-T-O.com. That's also my Instagram. That's also my TikTok. If you visit my TikTok, I have a nice, healthy rant about unplugged weddings. So you can hear that again if you'd like to. (laughs) Um, And like I said before, I do travel all over the Midwest. I would go farther if somebody wanted me to because I will go where my people are. I want to be where the people are, Um, um, and I'm also, I I have a dream of starting a podcast as well, so if that ever actually happens, I will be sure to share that with you and all of the social media, so hopefully I can get that off the ground. It was my, like, dream of 2020 when I was writing down my goals in December of 2019. I'm going to start a podcast. I had a baby instead, so...
0: (laughs) Hey, but now that you've done this, you've gotten a little taste. So exactly attainable. This was just your your toe in the waters of podcasting.
1: But I have a nice microphone, so we got got a good start here. You do. I mean, hey,
0: quality audio matters, man. It matters. It matters totally. Well, Sammy, it's been amazing having you on the uh, podcast today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your experience and your expertise. I I can't wait to continue to be internet friends with you Um, (laughs) and just see where your business grows and goes. If you are taking a listen to this podcast and you loved it, we would love it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. As always, you can find Victoria and I on Catholic Wedding Podcast at Instagram.com. We are both there. Or you can shoot us an email at the Catholic Wedding. Nope, I always do this every single episode. You can email us. At gmail.com. There we go. If you have any questions, if you want to be on, on an episode, we would love to hear from you. Know that we are praying for you guys, and Sami and I would, you know, love to photo/video your wedding. Just saying. And <laughs>
1: totally, absolutely, <laughs> thousand percent.
0: And we will see you in the next episode. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.